Um, oh, I didn't think about an intro. Damn it. Well, how about we don't need to have a joke all the time. That's true. Why don't we say hi to Kate? Who's Kate? Kate's, Kate wrote us an email. Oh, the, she's our number one fan. Yeah, she's our, she's our number one fan. And by number one, I mean only fan. What? That hi, undermines Kate. it. Come on. <laughs> uh, actually, I actually really do appreciate that. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Okay, welcome to Story Hole. Hi, Kate. I'm Roger. I'm Joey. I'm Kevin. Hey, how would you feel about doing a show this week that's maybe a little bit more intellectual? Oh, yeah. Um, Finally. God yeah. damn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been challenging. I was wondering when we were going to get this far. <laughs> Great. In that case, in your opinion, uh, what's the most powerful piece of literature that you've ever read? Um, Kevin, go ahead. Ender's Game, probably. That's the oh. that one made me think. It made me feel. That's Yeah. That's made it. me afraid. Made me happy. That's it, huh? I was thinking more like literature, like fine literature, though. Oh, okay. You know? Not like uh, like the Bible. Just yeah, <laughs> like the good book. <laughs> Joey, what about you? Um, I mean, I'm not really smart. <laughs> uh, I got uh, a fuzzy memories by Jack Handy, which I think influenced <laughs> my life a lot. I can uh-huh. read an excerpt for you if you want. Yeah, please. Special thanks to Kit Boss, Joan Mary Chavez, Cake Mike Boss? Chavez, <laughs> Becky Cake Sue Boss. Epstein, John Fortenberry. There's a whole lot of names in here. John Fortenberry. It's a, it's a real it's a real brain grabber. That's what I call them. <laughs> well, good. Those are uh, those are very fine choices. Thanks. For me, though, I think that the most rewarding, enriching experience that I've ever had with a book has been the time I spent with the Where's Waldo series. Are you guys familiar? Oh, I love Where's Waldo. Yeah. yeah? Do you? Yeah, I do. I love Highlights. Highlights Magazine, too. Can we talk mm-hmm. about that after? Yeah, let's talk about it right goddamn now. I, I, I like the the find the difference pictures and the mm-hmm. locate the spoon pictures. And uh, and I feel like where's Waldo goes right in with that. Do you feel like you, you just have an eagle eye? I do now. Yeah, I'm trained yeah. since birth. Every dentist office I've been in, I've been <laughs> practicing honing my skills. They said, you have great eyes and great teeth. <laughs> Welcome aboard, pal. And then that's how you became a dentist. That's how I became a dentist. <laughs> yeah, very good. The dentist couldn't find the teeth in one of his patients. So he was like, Kevin, I need your help. <laughs> yeah, Where's Waldo? It's a, it's a series of books from maybe the late 1980s to the early 2000s. Um, there's seven of them in total, plus a couple side books. And if you haven't seen one, every book is basically just a series of full page spreads of these like, sprawling illustrated worlds. And the idea is that you have to find the character of Waldo in each. And I was thinking the other day that those are pretty good books, right? Yeah. Like I genuinely like those books. Um, and I just, uh, I got an itch to, to find that little guy. And then I started to think, I wonder what Waldo's deal is. Like what, why is he in all those places? So on today's story hole, we're going to take a look at the lore behind Where's Waldo? there was Lord of Waldo. Yeah, me either. There is, but you have to dig pretty deep. Uh, before we get into that, though, I think that there's something we have to address right off the bat. Um, oh, yeah, I know it. And it's kind of, it's a sensitive topic, and I, I don't think anybody really wants to talk about it, but we definitely have to kind of clear the air before we jump into this. I don't want to say um, it, but I know it. Waldo's name is actually Wally. What? Yep. 
nobody wants to uh, to address it, but it's the truth. Um, Where's Waldo is, uh, is is called Where's Wally in the UK, and it's originally from the UK, so that's technically the correct name. So we're over here calling the guy Waldo like a bunch of assholes, but but it, Wally is his God given name. North America are the only ones that call him Waldo, and his name is actually different all over the place. For example, in South Africa, it's called Where's Willie, and in what? France, in France, it's Where's Charlie. Oh no! <laughs> and, and in Denmark, uh, they get pretty wild. It's where's Holger? Wow, <laughs> Holger! Yep. Really doesn't have the same ring to it, huh? Why would they change it? <laughs> I found one thing that explains why they might have changed it in the U.S. version, but it really doesn't make much sense. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I guess I will. Uh, the publisher that was going to release it in the U.S. thought that the name Wally reminded him too much of Wallace Simpson, oh, of who was an American socialite that married the British king, Edward VIII, no, and yeah, caused a I'm, constitutional crisis. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't explain the rest. Um, yeah. can, I, can I take a stab? Yeah, please. There is, on one of the pages in one of the books, I think it's the very last page, a world of a bunch of Waldos. Yeah. And maybe he's an inter interplanar being and we're we just got you know, the one that we got is, is Waldo. Uh that's actually a good theory and spoiler alert, that's what we're gonna get in today's story. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. I did it. Maybe I can be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think we have to agree that that his correct name is Wally. Um, but that being said, like, I just I can't do that. You know, I mean, he's he's Waldo. He's Waldo in my heart. And there's no way I can change it at this point. Are we going to go by Wally or Waldo in this? We're going to go by Waldo. So for this Thank episode, you. I'm going to oh. keep calling him Waldo. Um, Joey, Kev, if you guys want to call him Holger, feel free to do it. But, okay. Uh, I'm going to yeah. walk into that. <laughs> Um, cool. So, Kevin, you said that you didn't really know that there's lore behind Waldo, right? No, not at all. So I think it's uh, it's worth talking about where the story is coming from, too, because there isn't really much text at all in the Where's Waldo books. But that being said, there are narrative elements on each page. You know, in each double page spread up in the top left corner, there's a short written paragraph. Usually like sometimes it's a postcard from Wally. Oh, no, I said it. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, no. First sometimes, one. <laughs> Holger. Sometimes there's a postcard from Holger himself. Um, sometimes there's just a little scroll with a, a part of kind of like a fairy tale that explains what the world's mm. about. And if you read these, certain elements and certain themes start to emerge across the books. And also, a big part of the story was filled in when they made a Where's Waldo animated series in 1991. It only lasted one season, but it definitely did a lot of world building that was kind of hinted at in the books and it kind of fleshed it out. And just as a side note, that show has maybe the worst theme song I've ever heard in my life. Oh, goodness. Can we take a break and please listen to it? <laughs> Do you want to hear it? I'll send it over right now. Yeah, yes, definitely. Hear it. Where's Wally? Where's Wally? <laughs> Did you say him? Where's Wally? <laughs> I like Where's it, Roger. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. <laughs> Where's Wally? Uh, but also, I want to put that into the podcast. And I'm pretty sure the only way we can legally play it is if we use fair use law. <laughs> and that only applies if we're reviewing it. So can you guys maybe give your, your professional Wait. review of that, of that hot track? Oh, God, I'd rather die. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about or maybe, right. Or maybe I should... I'd rather die. <laughs> for regular songs, I'd probably give it like a four out of ten. But for like, but for where's Waldo's yeah, specific for where's song? Waldo yeah. themes, I think it's probably at the top echelon. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's that's a good that's a good review. Well, uh, let's jump into the story then, huh? You guys ready? Mm-hmm. 
Where's Wally? <laughs> All right, so Waldo's a pretty average young adult. He's he's tall, he's thin. Um, he wears pretty much the same thing every day. Uh, red and white striped shirt, blue jeans, a red and white beanie. He's got glasses. Uh, and he lives in a pretty average kind of British-looking town. He's just a happy guy. You know, his eyes are, are maybe a little vacant if you look closely, uh, but he's always smiling. It just seems pretty easygoing, just pretty happy to be wherever he's at. But maybe even a little too easygoing to the point where he gets lost a lot, right? And it doesn't really seem to concern him much. The creator of Waldo actually went on record saying in an interview, and this is a quote, I just imagined that the reason why he was lost was because he was slightly idiotic and didn't know where he was going. <laughs> so he's kind of he's designed to be this like kind of happy idiot. So in the beginning of our story, Waldo is just kind of uh, wandering through life. And even though he has a tendency to get lost a lot, Waldo decides to spend some time just going on a worldwide hike. I mean, just kind of seeing the world a little bit, which maybe not the best choice for, for somebody that gets lost a lot, but it's just something he wants to do. You know, his journey starts out pretty straightforward. Uh, the first book, it's, a, it's about his vacation. You know, he visits kind of typical vacation spots. He goes to the beach. Um, he goes to a museum. He visits the ski slopes. Um, and also on a side note, in the first book, on the page where Waldo goes to the beach, the artist drew a tiny lady sunbathing topless. There's what? really tiny. There's a really tiny boob in the first Waldo book. I feel like there's boobs in several of them. And now that's the only one. Is that true? Uh, uh-huh. And it was a big deal because it got that first Waldo book banned from a lot of children's libraries. Not before I got my dirty hands on it. Am I right? That's true. <laughs> Up top. Hell yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but yeah, so Waldo's just on a pretty normal vacation. Uh, but something starts to happen to Waldo. When he returns home from his trip, he spends some time just at home, uh, just kind of hanging out. And he decides that he's seen a lot of the world now, but he'd like to know more about uh, the world in, in the past. He wants to know more about history. Mm-hmm. So he curls up at home with a stack of books and just starts to explore all the different periods throughout world history. And as he's reading them, he says that he feels as if he's writing in a time machine, getting lost in periods from the past. What's odd, though, is that Waldo is not just so engrossed in these books that he's imagining he's in these different periods. He's very clearly actually there. Waldo, largely unbeknownst to him, he, he's become unstuck in time, right? He becomes kind of lost within the timeline of the world. So he's making his way through history. And he starts in the Stone Age, and he goes to ancient Egypt and ancient Rome and through the Crusades into the 18th century. Uh, and that idea that he's actually time traveling and not just imagining what it might be like to be in that period, it seems like kind of a stretch, right? But they pretty firmly established through the books and through the cartoon that that's the truth. He actually is traveling at different time periods. Idiots traveling through time. It's a unique idea. Have you ever heard of uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Do you think that's based on the Where's Waldo books? No, I was just thinking that's the opposite. Two very handsome geniuses traveling through time. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So for one, he ends up traveling to the future in that book uh, when he finds himself on some kind of lunar surface living in like a glass-domed city yeah. surrounded by a bunch of spaceships. I remember that one. Do you remember that? Yeah. Did you find him? Um, no, I think I, I think I didn't. And then I, that's why I decided yeah. I wanted to be an astronaut. So I could actually go up there and <laughs> retrieve my own, my old buddy. <laughs> <laughs> But if he's really just reading a book about the past and imagining he's in these historical locations, how do you explain that, right? How would he be lost in the future in that situation? That's a good point. And two, and probably more importantly, after he travels to the future, he finds himself transported back to the past again. So when he leaves that space world, he ends up in a world that looks like medieval Europe. He's surrounded by people dressed kind of like medieval peasants. There's knights. He's in a giant dining hall full of long wooden tables. And there's chefs that are cooking roasted turkey 
turkeys and serving meat pies and boiling stews and big black cauldrons. Um, and all the knights and the peasants are just gobbling it up. And it's here that Waldo meets a super important figure in this story, a wizard named Whitebeard. And Whitebeard looks like uh, he's just kind of a real Gandalf-ass wizard. You know, he's got a, mm-hmm. a really long robe and, and a really, really long beard that's so out of control that he has to wrap it around his body. Wow. Is he a pirate? No, not that I know about. Okay. I think the pirate pirates are specifically, they have to have black beards or red beards. Oh, okay. it was a black beard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a pretty loose one. I didn't set no, it up. No, it's very well. good. Um, but Whitebeard finds Waldo in like the chaos of this giant dining hall, and he tells him that he knows who he is. He tells him that there's a scroll lost somewhere in this world, and Waldo needs to find it. The actual text from the book, the little paragraph in that, that spread says, uh, Whitebeard commanded Waldo to find his scroll. So he's really not given much of a choice. You know, Whitebeard commands Waldo to go on a search to find it. And he also adds on that when he finds the scroll, along with 11 other lost scrolls, then Waldo would understand the truth about who he actually is. Wow. Which is pretty ominous, huh? Does he, does he not know who he is? Apparently not. I mean, he probably uh. thought he did. But can you imagine, you know, imagine you're in a big dining hall, you're in a cafeteria, say you're in a soup plantation, and the <laughs> yeah. wizard comes up to you and he says, you know, if you find my scroll, I'll tell you about who you actually are. Would you do it? Absolutely. Yeah? My life's, my life's boring, man. I'd do it. Do you really want to know the truth? Yeah. I feel like that's always a bad thing. I feel like if anybody says the truth about who you are, it's like, it's automatically going to be negative, right? Unless you're the one. Oh. Let me tell you about my favorite karate uh, 1990s digital man. His name's Neo. He's <laughs> the one, and, and he freed his mind. I'd love to do that. That's a good point. I'd love to be Neo. Yeah. I take it back. I'll do it too. I'd take Keanu Reeves. I'll just be Keanu Reeves if that's cool to everybody. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Man, if I can just meet Keanu Reeves. Yeah. What'd you do with him? Ah, talk. Eat a sandwich together on a bench. So you have one opportunity to impress Keanu Reeves and oh, make wow. him want to be friends with you. Where are you going to take him? Um, to, oh, I think I would take him to one of those, um, uh, like Oktoberfest places. Cause this would be really social, really wild. And then maybe I could, I could chug, chug a big one with him. You know, <laughs> I think I'd take him to one of those like, uh, paint and wine places. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, you, you could really chug a big one with him. There. <laughs> I feel like he'd be really into like going to the pound with me for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> You'd take him to pound town. Take him to the pound town. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I pick up Keanu Reeves's. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Would you like to go to the pound? Keanu Reeves's. <laughs> Absolutely, I would. <laughs> it's pretty Let crazy. us go together, Kevin. That's the second Keanu Reeves reference we've made in the 10 minutes we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, I'm ready for a third one pretty soon. Jo- Johnny Mnemonic's coming up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but Waldo does what the wizard tells him. You know, he finds the scroll tucked away next to some big wooden barrels of beer. Um, and also, before we move on, there's something else I have to say about Whitebeard. Uh, <laughs> I was Googling him to see if I could dig up any more info on who he is. And uh, I made a discovery that I don't fully understand, but I think it might be incredibly important. If you search Wizard Whitebeard, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and open up Google and just search Wizard Whitebeard. And then on the right side of the screen next to the search results, it gives you a list of the Waldo books he's in. And then underneath that, people also search for, there's a photo of Robert Barone, everybody loves Raymond's favorite brother. He plays Whitebeard, it says. In the TV show. Says? He plays Whitebeard in the TV show. Okay, that makes that makes a lot more sense. I thought for some reason just a lot of people were searching 
the wizard from Where's Waldo and also the brother from Everybody Loves Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought maybe they existed in the same universe. <laughs> yeah. I wish I kind of didn't find that out because. Yeah. It was a better mystery. Anyway, Waldo finds the scroll and returns it to the wizard. Uh, he kind of establishes a relationship between the two of them. And Whitebeard seems, seems really old and pretty out of it. Like he's clearly wise and powerful, but he's usually pretty confused about what's going on. Like he, he quickly forgets what's happening. A lot of times he'll walk into the room and then just after arriving, he thinks that he might be leaving and he can't remember whether he ate a meal or not while he's still at the table, stuff like that. He just doesn't really understand what's happening. But he clearly has some interest in helping Waldo and maybe in helping himself as well. Because it turns out that the scroll was just the first of 12. And he's become so absent-minded that he's left them all over the place in different worlds. Sometimes in some pretty dangerous situations too. That's why he needs Waldo to go find them. And in order for Waldo to travel to all these different worlds to find the scrolls, Whitebeard gives Waldo a magic walking stick. And that stick is imbued with the power to create a portal that will allow Waldo to travel from world to world. And at this point, we're clearly not just in Waldo's head, right? You know, he's no longer sitting at home reading books. There's too much going on. So his journey is pretty clearly real. He was somehow removed from our timeline and our dimension. And now he's on a quest from a mysterious wizard to travel to completely different worlds to find his magic scrolls. That's the focus of the animated show, really. It's, it's Whitebeard giving Waldo a quest, um, sometimes centered around obtaining a scroll, sometimes not, um, and Waldo going out to accomplish it. So he sends him off to different dimensions with a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes he's kind of helping out people along the way, too. For example, one of the first quests Waldo goes on is, is to a world known as the Land of the Nasty Nasties. Ooh. And, <laughs> and it's basically kind of, it's like a Transylvania-esque Halloween world. There's witches and, and zombies and mummies and and vampires Uh, and Whitebeard tells him that there's a scroll there that he needs to collect and that also the scroll be able to help a young vampire named Fang that lives in that world too. Fang just wants to be human and Waldo is given the mission to not just find the scroll but to also use the scroll to help Fang realize his dream. So using his magic walking stick Waldo creates a portal and travels to the land of the nasty nasties. It's pretty much what you'd expect from a from a monster world. You know, there's a, there's spooky trees and there's fog everywhere. Um, and right when Waldo walks through the portal, he sees a horse and carriage, and he figures that he can ride in that in that horse and carriage and get taken to the main city where he can find Fang. How disappointed do you think he was when he was told he's going to the world of the nasty nasties, and he walks through that portal <laughs> and he just sees yeah, totally. vampires and teeth and, and, uh-huh. and, and horses. <laughs> Yeah. Why? What, what, what would you be expecting? Uh, I don't know. Some like dump, probably like walk into a dump. <laughs> diapers, definitely lots of diapers yeah. around. I was going to be a sexy place. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Oh, that would be a lot more fun than what I just said. <laughs> Maybe that says more about me than I would like them both. So. Well, I mean, like a sexy dump is what I'm getting at. Like a sexy lots dump. of lots of people running around. I've taken I've taken one of those before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the driver of this carriage is actually not just a, a carriage driver; it's the king of the vampires, uh, and Waldo has just willingly gotten into his carriage. So as he's driving off, the vampire king yells out to his children of the night that dinner is on the way. So Waldo's in a, he's in a real sticky situation. Luckily, the Vampire King is a super reckless driver. And after hitting a rock, the cart goes careening off the side of a cliff. Oh, no. And they're plummeting hundreds of feet down to just the rocky floor below. 
It seems like Waldo's probably going to die, but at the last minute, he uses his magic walking stick to hook a tree branch, and he's fine. Alternatively, he should have just made a portal to go to Trampoland, Trampoline Store, and then land, you know. Grab one of those, bring it back, put it (laughs) down below. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even without the trampoline, uh, Waldo's able to survive the crash, and um, he ends up finding Fang. He finds the kid he was sent to help, mm. and uh, Fang seems like a pretty good vampire kid. You know, he just hates being a vampire. He doesn't want to suck blood. He just wants to be a normal human boy. And he tells Waldo that there's only one way to cure vampirism, and it's with the, the powerful scroll that's kept in Castle Dracula. So that's Whitebeard's scroll. Waldo already knows that, Fang. <laughs> but he didn't know where it was. It's in Castle Dracula, the oh. home of the vampire king. So that's going to be a pretty difficult scroll to attain. Did the Vampire King die in the bottom of the ravine? We think so at first. It definitely seems like he does because nobody could survive that crash, right? Did the, did the horse please? The, the horse was fine. The horse also had a magic cave. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he took it to trample land. <laughs> 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 So, Quick thinking horse. <laughs> so Waldo promises Fang that he'll help him find the scroll. You know, he's going to take him to Castle Dracula, and they're going to they're going to do it together. So the two of them make their way to the to Castle Dracula, and, and um, after solving some some pretty difficult riddles and puzzles, they discover the location of the scroll. It's in the Vampire King's coffin, which shouldn't be a problem because the Vampire King is probably dead. There's no way he could have survived that crash down the cliff. But he is a vampire, so, so he's totally fine. When they sneak into the Vampire King's room and they crack open that coffin, they see that the Vampire King's just taking a nap inside. <laughs> he beat him back. Uh-huh. And he's using a, the scroll as a pillow. So they need to figure out some way to wake up the Vampire King and get him out of the coffin long enough that they can snatch the scroll. I just probably give him a real pillow. They'd be happy to have that. Just Indiana Jones it, yeah, just, yeah. But he doesn't bring a pillow with Swap him. Swap it out. You know, what's he going to do now? No. Just go home, man. You're fucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's where's Wally? He's at home. <laughs> He's at home. He gave up. Well, Waldo's plan is a little bit better than that, maybe. His plan is to send out hundreds of bats with invitations to a party to deliver to everybody in the world of the Nasty Nasties. So he invites everyone to come to Castle Dracula for a giant rager. Oh, that's great. And just to really sell it, Waldo blows up a bunch of balloons. He puts out decorations. There's a, a table with a punch bowl on it. You know, the castle's looking looking pretty festive and great. And the guests show up, and they're having a blast. There's witches flying around, and there's a band uh, with uh, with witches and goblins and skeletons and party hats. And it's just really good, right? It's just, it's just a great time. Um, but they're rocking so hard, there's no way that the vampire king could sleep through it. So he's woken up and he's furious and he vows to find whoever's responsible for the party and make them pay with their blood. Mm. Giving Waldo and Fang the perfect opportunity, though, to sneak in and grab the scroll while he's out looking for who's responsible for all the noise. Unfortunately, when Waldo picks up the scroll and unfurls it, it turns out it wasn't Whitebeard's powerful scroll after all. It's actually a copy of Playgool magazine. Oh, no. <laughs> that the Vampire King was was using as a pillow. That's a nasty nasty. Yeah. Yeah. The king is a pervert. <laughs> I love the idea, though, of using using porn as a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Nude ghouls. That's weird. Don't worry, though. So right under the Vampire King's porn stash, they find a clearly labeled secret compartment that says secret across it. And they open that up. And that's where Whitebeard's scroll is. So they still got it. So Waldo has the scroll and he can return it to Whitebeard and get one step closer to finding out the truth about who he is. 
Before he does that, he has to help Fang become human. And the scroll instructs them that the, the spell to do it... Oh, true love's kiss. <laughs> you're actually correct. Yeah. What? Kiss uh, Waldo. <laughs> in order to turn a vampire into a human, that vampire has to be turned into a frog first. And then all that frog has to do is wait for a beautiful princess to kiss him under the moonlight, and that'll turn him into a human. Oh, that's fun. Because the curse is always like, kiss the frog, he turns into a prince. It doesn't say he had to be a prince to start off with. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. That's that's cute. So they find a witch, and the witch turns Fang into a toad. And then it seems like it's probably going to be pretty difficult to find a a princess in this world. But turns out it's not at all. Because like within one minute of getting turned into a frog, uh, a princess walks down the path. And she's beautiful. She's very sultry. She walks straight over to him, and she says, oh, wow, what a hunk. And she picks him up. And she's clearly about to give the frog like an open mouth kiss. Nasty, (laughs) nasty. (laughs) And she stops and she turns to the camera. And in just this super uncomfortable moment, she says, and this is another quote, hey, I'm into frogs, okay? And then she... (laughs) Not a problem. And then she plants a real wet kiss on on frog fang. But the kiss triggers the magic in the skull and fang is transformed. He's no longer a vampire. But unfortunately, now he's just a really nerdy kid, like buck teeth, pocket protector, the whole thing. He's like the quintessential nerd. Um, Luckily, this very questionable princess, though, she's not just into frogs. She's also really into nerdy children, too. Nasty. (laughs) She's just super (laughs) into them. She's instantly in love with them. Fang asks if she wants to go see his paperclip collection, and the princess is into it. And they walk off together hand in hand. Do you think she's just into, like, whatever's in front of her at the time? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's got to be it, right? She'll take anything. I respect that. Yeah, we've all been there, right? (laughs) So that leaves Waldo with the scroll. And with his magic walking stick, he creates a portal to return to Whitebeard and deliver the goods. And that's pretty typical of how these quests go. What did you say? Like, Whitebeard, like, you sent me here for that? (laughs) That's what what Fang needed help with? I mean, that's a, you don't think that's a good mission? You don't think it's a a worthy quest? Turn this vampire into a dork and hope (laughs) that he finds a sexy princess. (laughs) I'll put my life at risk. I fell off a cliff, you ass. That's what I'd say. But Waldo, like we said, he's just kind of uh, an idiot. He's just kind of a happy-go-lucky idiot. So he's totally fine with that. Now, in addition to Waldo and Whitebeard, there are a couple other characters that play a role in Waldo's adventures. Because um, Waldo's more than just a man on a quest, right? There's other sides to his life. For example, he's got needs. So let's talk about let's talk about Waldo's love life a little bit. Oh, I know this. You know about this? Yeah, can I say it? Yeah. All right, so you don't see her very often. But Carmen Sandiego is also <laughs> hidden a lot. They actually would make a very good couple. Yeah, just kidding. It's not, it's not her. You can tell us who it really is. <laughs> On his journeys, when he's traversing different dimensions and different worlds, Waldo meets a woman named Wilma. And they're pretty much a perfect match. You know, all the things that Waldo loves, Wilma loves too. For example, they both wear striped shirts. Uh, they both like blue jeans. Uh, mm-hmm. She has a blue jean skirt on. They both like red and white. Uh, They both wear beanies and glasses. They're basically soulmates. They're perfect for each other. Yeah. And there's a period of time when Waldo and Wilma are dating. We get some insight into their relationship because they send postcards to each other on their journeys and they write about how much they're excited to hang out with each other and, and how in love they are. Maybe the best part about Wilma, though, is that she has a dog named Woof. And just like Wilma and Waldo, Woof wears red and white stripes and he has a little hat and a little sweater on. What are the chances? Right? <laughs> the relationship just seems pretty great. She looks like Lisa Loeb, though, too, to be fair. She does look like Lisa and Loeb, which, which ain't bad. Yeah, that's good. Hey, Lisa Loeb, do you listen to this? <laughs> I am single, you're single. 
We both uh, like your songs. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys were single, do you think that if you saw somebody dressed the same as you, you would you would go talk to them? Oh, oh yeah. Well, I would be very excited. I wouldn't know how to flirt though, so I would probably just go say hi. But you can say like, "Oh, you like you like Stussy shirts too, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're also in the corn, huh? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, after Wilma and, and Waldo get to know each other a little bit better, though, Wilma introduces Waldo to her twin sister, Wenda. And Wenda looks, Wenda looks exactly the same as Wilma. And this is where things start to turn pretty bad for Wilma. Uh, the four of them, Waldo, Wilma, Wolf, and Wenda, they spend some time traveling together. Um, but then one day, Wilma's just gone. Oh, no. She's just completely gone. And, and what happens to her is never really explained. They're journeying through some pretty dangerous worlds, though. So maybe Wilma doesn't make it through one of their adventures. You know, maybe maybe she doesn't go through the portal. Maybe somehow she doesn't get to the portal in time and she's just kind of lost in some other dimension. Um, or or maybe Waldo just breaks up with her because yeah. he's got his eye on her twin sister, Wenda. Right? Wenda murdered her. It's possible. Do you think Wenda murdered her twin sister to be with Waldo? Look, at okay. I'm looking at them. They look identical, but one of them has a slightly more smirkish mm-hmm. smile. One of them has Wenda. murder in her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she has, wait, she's got blood dripping out of her nose. <laughs> she's a maniac. Is that, is that Wilma's blood? Oh, no, it's just a stripe, I think. I miss, it's just a red stripe <laughs> on the shirt. I, I might have mistake. Uh, but by the time we get to the next set of adventures in, in the next book, Waldo is full on dating Wenda. Oh, no. Wilma's out of the picture, and Waldo and Wenda are in a relationship. Who made that choice? That's crazy. I don't know. It seems wild, right? And probably just assume that Waldo's kind of a dirty dog. You know, maybe he's just kind of a jerk, and he he got rid of Wilma to date Wenda. Maybe Wilma was just kind of crushed, and she didn't want to hang out with him anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. But there's one thing that makes it seem a lot more tragic, or maybe a lot more sinister, because her dog Wolf doesn't disappear he stays with waldo and the two of them become like close companions wolf becomes waldo's dog so if wilma just left yeah she would take her dog with her right yeah so something must have happened to her at the same time though if waldo or wenda murdered wilma wolf wouldn't be down to hang out with them right no but they wouldn't tell they wouldn't tell wolf that's true wouldn't know he's a dog he seems like a pretty smart dog though but you're right though i think i think you're on the right i think maybe she was a tragic accident and they were already dating so it made more sense for him to take wolf with him yeah uh-huh because waldo's not a murderer no 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 he's not he's uh yeah, you're it's right. It's a tragic story, though. You know, it it's is. A, he did throw a party in somebody else's house. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of a that's a gateway uh, crime. That's a teenage rascal move, though. I don't feel like that's a murderer. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that kind of you know, where does that lead? You yeah, know? that's true. Where does that go? Um, but there's one other figure in Waldo's life that we have to address also, and it's his arch nemesis. Uh, as Waldo is jumping from world to world with his magic walking stick, there's another character that begins to emerge from the shadows, and he's just constantly on Waldo's trail, just kind of watching him from afar. And his name is Oddlaw. He's the anti-Waldo. Instead of red and white, he wears yellow and black. And instead of a dumb, happy adventurer, Oddlaw is a scheming criminal. Ooh. And his name, even even the name Oddlaw, is just Waldo backwards. And what Oddlaw is after is Waldo's magic walking stick. He sees the potential power that that walking stick has. You know, he could use it just to make a portal into a bank vault and walk out a rich man. All he needs to do is wait for the perfect opportunity to snatch it from Waldo while he's searching for the scrolls. 
And that would be disastrous. You know, if, if Oddbot takes Waldo's magic walking stick, his fate will probably be the same as Wilma's, right? He's going to be stranded in some other dimension right. and have no way of ever leaving. Luckily, Oddbot is pretty incompetent. You know, so the threat is never really too real. This was done in the 90s, right? Uh-huh. This seems like a pretty common trope in the 90s to have the main character be like red or something like that and then have a nega character that's yellow and black. Well, they did it in Captain Planet. They did it in Darkwing Duck. There was a yellow and black Captain Planet? I think he was yellow and green or something really? like that. Yeah. Do you remember what his name was? Oh, no. He Captain was like... Corn. <laughs> Captain Corn. Captain <laughs> Corn? Yeah. <laughs> that's his voice. He just loves corn. That's, that's, the, that's the sixth element. <laughs> yeah. Fire, water, earth, heart, and corn. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, you know, eventually, despite Oddlaw's best attempts, Waldo is able to find... 11 of the 12 scrolls that Whitebeard lost, though. And with that, he creates a portal to the world containing the 12th and final scroll. And remember when Whitebeard first commanded Waldo to go on a quest to find the scrolls? He promised Waldo that he would pay off because he would learn the truth about who he really is. He learned it by going on this journey. He found out who yeah. he was the whole time. The scroll was in him. Yeah, it turns out it was inside yeah. him the whole time. <laughs> he barfs it up. <laughs> Where does that portal take him, though? Just inside his own body? <laughs> this is an Ouroboros. It's a, it's a magic school situation with the Arnold's body. Or inner space. space. Yeah. Did you just say inner space, Roger? Yeah. I didn't know anybody else knew about that movie. Yeah, it was on Comedy Central like every day for three years. <laughs> I didn't think it was a comedy. I didn't know that. Hey, al- alternatively, Osmosis Jones is probably a movie yeah, like this, uh, too. Probably. Nobody's ever seen it. It'd be hard yeah, to say. Yeah. No way to know. <laughs> But um, what actually happens when Waldo steps through that portal into the 12th and final world, he does learn the truth. Uh, Joey, what is that truth? That he's one of many interdimensional Waldos? Yeah, because the world he steps into is just a completely white, empty void populated entirely by other Waldos, which is a pretty terrifying existential moment. huh? Can you imagine? They're all identical to you, just walking around in a white void. That dead grin uh-huh. from all angles. Some of them have no limbs. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out our Waldo is just one of many Waldos. And somewhere along the line, he had wandered out of the land of Waldos, apparently with no recollection about the truth of his origins. And apparently, Whitebeard's goal for Waldo was to get him back to his rightful world. And Waldo seems perfectly happy to be there. He's not really shocked at all. And in fact, the book ends with a quote, In the land of Waldos, may Waldo live happily ever after. I mean, I guess I would, I'm I'm a weird guy, right? It's safe to say. I don't have a problem with it. I would love to have another me around. (laughs) Would you want to be in a world of only yous, though? Um, Nothing else. That's pretty rough. Yeah. I, I, I I would want myself. I'd want... Roger, I'd want Kevin, <laughs> Brad Garrett. Yeah, just the essentials. The essentials, yeah. Man, I'd love to be in a world of all Brad Garrett's, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that would be a real a real baritone barone world, huh? <laughs> I would like it. Low hums, you'd fall asleep, no need for ASMR there. <laughs> yeah. Do you think mm, that... Boy. What, hey, what's, hey, what's Brad Garrett's favorite pizza topping? Uh, Robert Pepperoni. Oh, close. Uh, it's actually Pep Baroni. Oh, Pep Baroni. Oh, okay, it's good. That's Pep good. Robert Baroni. Why don't you guys make a, a Robert Baroni joke? Okay. Um, um, I would, but, you know, every, every, everybody's going to love yours more. Because <laughs> that's supposed to be like his brother's the one that everybody likes. Yeah. This was a this was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have any any final thoughts on how you feel about Waldo? I love his haircut. How can you tell he's wearing a beanie? 
He wears it like he's the first like indie guy where he wears it kind of like loose. Yeah, that's true. And I love that his dog has glasses on. Everything about this, really, that Lisa Loeb is there. I love it all. Do you, do you remember a couple of years ago when you started to style yourself after Mario by wearing a Mario-style Mario cap and, uh, and suspenders? Yeah, it's called Super Mario Casual. It's a pretty good Super style. Super Mario Casual, yeah. yeah it yeah. looked really good on you. Thanks. And then more recently, you've been kind of modeling your haircut off of uh, Link in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, um, do you think your next step might be modeling your, your style after Waldo? Well, I do strictly video game characters, so I'm probably just going to take my shirt off, wear a tie, Bretta Bretta, it's me Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew that's what you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, just totally naked with a tie. That's a good look. Ooh, okay. You, that was kind of a Donkey Kong noise you just made. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Transforming. All right, you guys want to wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Hey, if you want to, uh, if you want to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes or or wherever. Uh, we'd love that. That'd be very nice. Go ahead and leave us this, leave us a nice comment and a little star. Just one star. Yeah, just one star. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and send us an email and go on YouTube and look at the funny cartoons. If you want to follow us on Instagram, our name is Storyhole Podcast. And on Twitter, if you want to tweet at us, uh, it's at Storyhole One. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.